Bibles, turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 28. Praise the Lord. Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 28. And we'll start, we'll be reading from verses 5 to 10. Praise the Lord. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 5 through 10. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me read through them, and then we'll go into the Word. Amen. Praise the Lord. It reads like this. So they, uh, and the angel, uh, but the angel answered and said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, and he has come, and he, as he has said, come and see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and indeed he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. And so they went quickly out from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, Rejoice! And so they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. And then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Hallelujah! He is risen! Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We have here in the Gospel of Matthew, as we just wrote, read those verses, we have a declaration given to us by heaven, from heaven, that Jesus Christ is no longer in the tomb. He was crucified. He was buried. But on the third day, he wasn't there. On the third day, the stone was rolled away. And it says, and the angel sat upon the stone. Death was conquered. Hallelujah. It was like the, the heaven rolled away the stone and the angel sat on it. And the angel was like declaring, death, your victory is gone. Satan, you have lost the battle. And they sat on it. The angel sat on it. And the angel was like there, like defying any demon in hell to come and try and roll that stone back. But Jesus had already risen and it was forever. That stone would never be rolled back again. That stone would forever be rolled away from the tomb. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And heaven, angel from heaven. Hallelujah. It's nice when you get news from somebody, right? You can read the paper and get news, and it's not good news. You can look at TV and get news, and it's not good news, right? But when an angel from heaven comes to you and appears to you and says, I've got good news, Jesus is risen. He's not in the grave. He's not in the tomb. He's alive. Hallelujah. Do you think the angel was happy? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And what do you, how do you think those women felt? You know, women are always one of the first ones to be on the cutting edge of stuff, right? And here, the, the women are the first ones to the tomb, right? Guys, we kind of, we kind of, you know, we miss out sometimes, don't we, right? And uh, like, like most of the times, I'm always telling to my wife, "Hun, you know, why don't you think about doing this?" Oh, I already did that. Uh, what about? Uh, I already did that. Like way ahead of me, you know. 
And these, laid, these, these women were way ahead of the disciples. Peter, John, and, and all the other ones, they were somewhere else, you know. But women were at the tomb, and the angel appears to them and says, He's not here. He's risen. Go to Galilee. Go to his disciples. Go and tell. Don't be afraid. Go and tell them that I'm alive. Hallelujah. You know, because if the woman went back and says, hey, guess what? Jesus is alive. They might have said, yeah, okay, right. You know, the, you know, but Jesus said, don't be afraid. Go and tell my disciples that I'm alive, that I live. And as they were going, so they said, okay, how are you going to say no to an angel of God, right? And so they, they're going and they're going and they start going and here comes Jesus. And Jesus intercepts them before they even get to the disciples. And look what Jesus says. Jesus says to them, well, in some versions it says all hail, but it means rejoice. The word, the Greek word means rejoice. And so Jesus said to them, rejoice. You know, it's good news and we should rejoice that in the fact that Jesus is alive. Amen. It's not sad news. It's good news that Jesus lives. If Jesus was still in the tomb, then we should get out our hankies and our tissues and we should weep and cry. Oh, he was a good man. Oh, he did some good things. But, but guess what? Throw the hanky away. Throw the tissues away. And get out your hands. Get out your instruments. Get out your voices and declare, He's alive. He lives. Hallelujah. That puts a song in our heart. So Jesus interrupts them and he says, Rejoice. And so they came and they started worshiping him. And, uh, you know, the, the, the angels, when they said, when they greeted the women, one thing they said to the woman was, we know you seek Jesus crucified. And they were, they were, they were looking for their Lord. They were looking, and I know that every one of us here seek Jesus, right? We're, we're looking to seek Jesus, to know him. And when they, and the angel said, I know you're looking to, 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 want, to know, to love the one who died for you. And we need to love Jesus who was crucified for us. Because he was crucified, as we preached on Good Friday, he was crucified for our sins so that our sins can be forgiven, right? And so that we could be washed clean. God is desirous to wash every one of us clean of everything. And they, the angel says, I know that you're looking for Christ crucified, but guess what? You're going to find him risen indeed. He's alive. He's alive. And then Jesus meets them and he says, rejoice. And he says, go into Galilee and tell my disciples, I will show myself to them there in Galilee. Hallelujah. And so the angels told the woman to go to Galilee. Jesus told the woman, go to Galilee and there I will show myself to them. Hallelujah. And so you know the story. The woman ran. They ran. They went to Galilee. And they were there to tell the disciples, Jesus is coming. Huh? What? Jesus is coming. You know, who's carrying him? You know, nobody's carrying Jesus. He's walking. He's talking. He's alive. Hallelujah. Imagine what the disciples could have, could have thought when the, when, the, when the woman said, he's coming. Who's coming? Jesus is coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. No, Jesus wants to meet you at the cross so he could resurrect you. Jesus wanted to meet his disciples at Galilee so that he can show them he's alive. And because he lives, they could live. 
they, you know, they, they had put their instruments away and they were crying and weeping and saying, oh, what a good man he was and only if this and only if that and boo-hoo and woo-hoo and all this other stuff. But the ladies come knocking on their door and says, hey, cut that out. Jesus is coming. You start to, you need to start to rejoice. And they, 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 they couldn't, they really like couldn't take hold of it. But praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus is alive. He rose from the, from the dead. Hallelujah. And so we have the declaration, not only by the angels, but Jesus himself said, I am alive. And he wanted to show himself. And he says, go to Galilee and I want to show myself. You know, Jesus showed himself as he lived. He showed himself to be a, a one full of compassion full of grace, full of mercy. Jesus showed himself that he cared about people's lives and he wanted to come and make a difference in their lives. He wanted to come to cleanse them of sin, bring them into a place of healing and wholeness and bring them into a place where he, they would know that they would have eternal life with him. Jesus showed himself to the people. Do you know that? Jesus never hid himself and made himself mysterious where you had to become like Sherlock Holmes and Watson to go find out where was Jesus and what he was doing. Jesus openly manifested himself in showing that God is good and the goodness of God is for everyone who would want to take hold and taste that God is good. What does the Bible say? Taste and see that the Lord is good. So the Lord openly manifested all his miracles, all his teachings. He was on the Mount of Olives. He was, he, he was openly teaching and he was hiding nothing, right? He never taught in secret. Jesus always taught openly. Jesus always worked miracles openly so that everyone can see, both those who believed and both those who did not believe. So Jesus was open. He always is open. He hides nothing from us. And so we see that Jesus declared he was the way, the truth, and the life. And when Jesus on Good Friday, when he went, when he went to Calvary Cross, it was open for all to see that he was crucified for thee. Jesus made it open, right? And it was there for the world to see. And the cross remains today for the world to see that Christ was crucified, that my sins may be forgiven. And also, because of his resurrection, he made it open that everyone could see that he lives. And that's why he says, go to Galilee. I'm coming. Let them know. Get the word out. I'm coming. I'm risen. I'm alive. And I will show myself to whosoever. And the Bible says there was over 500 many in the course of the time before he ascended. He showed himself openly to many people to declare that he lives, that he wrote. He rose from the grave, right? He sent them to Galilee. What was it about Galilee? Well, Galilee was the scene where some of the most memorable things, some of the most wondrous things that Jesus ever did took place in Galilee. Galilee was also the home of the Lord. He took residence in Galilee. He didn't live in Bloomsburg. He didn't live in Danville. He lived in Galilee. Amen. That's where he lived, and that's where he was showing himself to be a Savior and a Redeemer and a Lord. 
And that's where he called his first disciples, was in Galilee. He performed many miracles there, did many teachings in Galilee. So Galilee was a place that knew him very well before he was crucified. They knew Jesus. They saw Jesus. They heard Jesus. They, they talked with Jesus. They walked with Jesus. So in Galilee, he was well known, wasn't he? He was well known. He didn't go to some obscure town where hardly anyone knew of him. But he, when he rose, he says, go to Galilee and I will meet you there. Because most everyone, if not everyone in Galilee, knew if they saw Jesus, they could say, that's Jesus. Or they could say, that's not Jesus, right? So Jesus says, go to Galilee. And remember in Galilee, that was where he turned the water into wine at the first wedding. The wedding at Cana of Galilee. And so people knew him. People understood him. That's where his first miracle was. And that's where his last miracle before he ascended was when he told them in the boat, what are you doing? You can't catch fish? Try the right side. They threw it on the right side. And he said, you got the fish? Come on. And they got, came ashore. And this, well, I don't know, you know, I don't understand this, but Jesus served breakfast to the disciples. It says he had a charcoal grill, and, and there he had, he says, come on, bring some of that fresh fish that you caught, and let's have breakfast together. Now, I like breakfast, but usually I have Cheerios or toast or something. Not, I don't think about having fish for breakfast. How about you? Huh? But Jesus said to his disciples, come on, bring the fish that you just caught, and let's have a glorious breakfast together. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so his first miracle was in Galilee. His, the, before he ascended, he had breakfast, a glorious breakfast with his disciples in Galilee. And so what I'm saying is that the angel said, go to Galilee. Jesus said, go to Galilee and tell them I'm coming. I'm going to show myself. And so when Jesus walked into Galilee as a resurrected Savior and Lord, there was no doubt about it that this was the Jesus who lived. This was the Jesus who was crucified. This is Jesus that we're beholding who is now risen from the grave. And so the testimony that Jesus lives is glorious and great because in all of Galilee, no one says that's not him, but they all says this is Jesus who, who was, who died, and who lives. And so Jesus, by entering into Galilee, he had a multitude of people who knew him who could say, Hallelujah, he is risen indeed. And that's why we say he's risen. And the people say he's risen indeed. Hallelujah. And so Galilee was a glorious place for the Lord to first show himself. I mean, other than to the woman and to the disciples. But that was a gathering where he can say and declare, and the word went out. It spread quickly that Jesus lived, that he rose from the dead. Hallelujah. And so you have the, the heavenly declaration that he lives. And then you have the witness and the testimony of the woman and of the disciples and of the people of Galilee that he lives, he lives, he rose from the dead. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. He lives. Secondly, the Bible says that Jesus, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 
If you read verses uh, 45 to 49, but verse 45 reads this. It says this. And so it is written, the first man Adam was made a living soul. The last Adam, who is Christ, the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. That means Jesus, the last Adam, was made a quickening spirit. What does quickening mean? It means res- uh, to, to, re- to, re- to resurrect, to, to revive, to make alive. So Jesus, when he rose from the dead, he was a resurrected spirit. He was no longer just flesh and blood, but he was a, he was a resurrected spirit where he was made, where he can walk through walls and walk through doors. Remember, he walked into the upper room and, and psh, right through the door. He didn't knock. They didn't have to go open it. There he was. He appeared. Jesus is a resurrected Savior, a resurrected Lord, and that made him a quickening spirit, one who is able to resurrect you in your physical body, in your mental, in your spiritual body. Jesus can resurrect your life because it says he made him a quickening spirit. And in John chapter 5, verse 21, it says, For as the Father raiseth up the dead and quickeneth them, Even so, the Son, Jesus, quickens whosoever He will. What does it mean? Jesus, you can quicken me. You can resurrect me. You can, you can, you can take my life that is dead and bring life into my life. And God's Word says yes. How does that happen? How does Jesus quicken us? Because He's risen. Because He, He conquered death. He rose from the dead. Death could not hold Him. Hallelujah. Death couldn't hold him. He broke through death and he rose. And the power that raised Christ from the dead, God says that power is available to work in your life, to quicken you and to to bring blessing to you. How does it bless us? How does it quicken us? How does our risen Lord quicken us, raise us up? Number one, it's this. He He quickens us to be born again, to a new life in Christ. The Bible says, but as many, in John chapter 1, verse 12, but as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. John 6.63 says, the Spirit, it is the Spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profit nothing, and the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and life. Number one, Jesus quickens us because He rose from the dead. He's able to raise us to new life through the process of called being born again spiritually. Remember Nicodemus says, Lord, how can I be born again? I can't go back into my mother's womb and be born again. And Jesus said, that's not what I'm talking about. You need to be resurrected, born again spiritually with a, into a new life. You need to be born again spiritually. And God has the power to resurrect us from our old life into a new life with Jesus Christ. That can only come through the quickening of the work, the quickening power and spirit of the Lord. He's able to resurrect us, because what does the Bible say? Yeah. Yeah. We were dead. And God, as we repent, as we come to the cross and ask God to forgive us and come into our life, He then, through His resurrection power, because He lives, He's able to touch our lives, do a work in our lives, 
and quicken us, bring us into a new life with God, with Christ, with Him. I don't know about you, but I knew my life needed a change. I needed, because I couldn't get out of the, the sins and the things that I was doing in my life. I knew they weren't right. I knew they weren't good. But I didn't have the power to break from those things. So I turned to the Lord. I repented of my sins. And I said, Jesus, come into my life. And he did. He quickened me. He took me out of my deadness and brought me into life. He brought me out of darkness and into his marvelous light. That's quickening. That's resurrecting. That's bringing new life. He, what, I, I no longer live that way. I'm dead to the old man, and I live to the new man who is in Christ. And so being born again is one way that we understand the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's able to quicken you to give you new life. How many of you have, have experienced the, the change, being born again? If you haven't, Go to the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Come and resurrect me. Give me, bring me new life. I want to live with you. And so he, re he brings us new life and he quickens us. He resurrects us to understand, number two, who we are in Christ. Romans 8.15 says, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again into fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit beareth witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Hallelujah. See, God resurrects us from a whole mindset, a whole different thing of understanding that, that praise the Lord, that we were a people who we need to know that we are children of God. Hallelujah. And so to, when we cry, when we are born again, God puts into our spirit the cry, Abba, Father, that we know, as the Bible continues to say, that we are children of God. Hallelujah. That only comes through the quickening of the spirit. If you're not quickened by the spirit, you don't know that you're a child of God, that you're born again. You can't, you don't know that you can cry, Abba, Father, Daddy. But when the spirit of the resurrected Lord is at work in you, it quickens you to understand God you love me. You're my father. I'm your son. I'm your daughter. How does that happen? How does that come? Through a quickening of the work of God in your life through the resurrected Savior who opens your eyes to make you understand that you are a son of God. He quickens us in other ways. He quickens us by giving us, now that we're born again, now that we're children of God, He quickens us by giving us strength. You know, it took power to resurrect Jesus from the grave. Do you understand that? It took a supernatural power to resurrect him and to bring the, that supernatural uh, life in, into, into the, from a dead body to a, to a glorious body. There's power to change and to live for God. And when God, the quickening spirit, is in us, the risen Lord, it gives us the strength to live for God in a present generation. Do you know that God quickens you? He gives you the strength to be able to live for him in this generation, in this present age. We don't get, we can't live for God on our own strength. We will fail and falter every time. We cannot draw from our physical strength, our, our mental strength. We can't draw from any strength but the quickening spirit, the quickening strength of God, of Christ in us, of the spirit of God in us, 
that quickens us, gives us, raises us up to a new power at work within us, the work of the Holy Spirit. That power is what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about some other power. I'm talking about the power of the work of the Holy Spirit who get works in us, gives us the ability to stand and to walk with God in this present age. Jesus has to resurrect us out of our past and bring us into his life. He, wrecks, he, he resurrects us from our own life and he brings us into his life. You understand that? Before we were born again, we were living our lives, our way. And we were living in our strength, in our in our understanding, in our and, and that fails. It falters. But when Jesus, his resurrected power, when that quickening spirit is in us, he brings us, he resurrects us to life in him. You understand that? He, wrecks, he resurrects us to life in him. Because it is no longer I who live. Right? I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ liveth in me. Is that correct? Christ liveth in me. So God resurrected us through the being born again. He resurrected us from our old selves into life with him. And so the life that we now live, we live in Christ. And the Bible says, in him, in him, do I live and breathe and move and have my being. And so the resurrected Savior quickens us to live a new life with him because he lived, because he lived. Hallelujah. He quickens us to another thing. He quickens us to a life of abundance of grace and righteousness. Listen to what it says in Romans chapter 5, verse 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance. Isn't that a good word, abundance? They receive. That means you receive abundance. Not just a portion. How many of you know there's a difference between a portion, a lot, and an abundance? Which one would you rather have? Huh? Abundance, right? If you had a choice of having a little, a little bit more, or abundance, give me abundance every time, right? If it's good, if it's good. Hallelujah. And so it says, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one through Jesus Christ. Because he's resurrected and he has resurrection power, his resurrection power enables you to receive abundance. Not just a little. You understand? His resurrection power quickens you. It means it makes, it makes abundant grace able to come into your life and the gift, the gift of righteousness. We can't earn righteousness any other way but, we, but by to receive it as a gift because Christ died and rose again and his resurrection power opens the door to give us abundant grace and righteousness, the righteousness of God. These are things that quicken us. These are things that bring us, resurrect us into a whole new realm, resurrect us into a whole new understanding of the love of God that his abundant grace is upon me, that his righteousness is a gift given to me because he died and rose from the dead. If he didn't rise, we would not be able to access these things. We would not be able to receive these things. 
But because he rose again on the third day, because the stone was rolled away and Jesus, uh, by a power of God, rose again, he's able to give you and offer you abundance of grace and his righteousness. Hallelujah. He quickens us. I want to give you one more thing. He quickens us in this way. In Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 to 3. Christ, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. What does the power of the resurrection do to your life? It takes you, it gives you beauty for ashes. It resurrects you out of the ashes of life. You know, life creates ashes. You know, our life falls apart. It seems like it gets burned up. It seems like everything we've done is, is now ashes. There's nothing there but the resurrection power of our Lord. He quickens us. He resurrects us. He takes us out of the ashes of our life. And it says he gives us beauty for ashes. Hallelujah. God wants to take your life and bring forth beauty out of it. How can he do that? Because he quickens his work in you because he lives. Because of the power of the resurrection of Christ, God can give, make something beautiful out of the ashes of your life. That takes power. That takes resurrection power to take ashes and turn them into something beauty. Ashes are dead. But something beautiful like a flower lives and breathes and, 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 and thrives. Look at these beautiful things. They're living. They're living. Put a pile of ashes over here. What would you rather, what would you rather have in your life? Ashes or beauty? Give me beauty. Right? I can use some. But God gives us beauty for ashes. He resurrects us. It says He gives us joy. Joy. He gives us a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. He can resurrect us from that stuff and bring us into new life with Him, a life filled with joy and praise. Jesus is resurrected. He lived. And Jesus declared, I, I, my, my, my prayer is that your joy may be full. That's why He said to the woman when He greeted them, Rejoice! What did the angel say? Rejoice! What does the word say? Rejoice. Why? Because there is power in Jesus who raised from the dead, who lives. He's able to take you out of your sorrow and heaviness and troubles of life. And he's able to bring you into his life where he's able to change and make something wonderful out of what's not so wonderful. Oh, thank Jesus. My life was a mess before Jesus. My, I don't know about you, but my life was a mess. But now that I'm in Christ, it's not so messy. Uh, he's still got some things to clean up. I don't know about you, but Jesus is always at work in us, isn't he? But thank God, I'm not where I used to be. Because of the resurrection of Christ, he quickened me, and he's brought me into a whole new life, a whole new realm, through the quickening spirit, the quickening work of God, through the Holy Ghost and the power of the Word of God. And now finally, I want to just cover this. The resurrection, the resurrection of the Lord, it declares to us, because He lives, you will live. Because He lives for all of eternity, you will live for all of eternity. Our days are no longer numbered. 
to the days that we live on the face of this earth. When these days are, when the clock runs out on us down here, guess what? There's an eternity. There's no other clock in heaven. There's an eternal. There's a, an eternity. There, it doesn't have time. There's no end to the. You know, it doesn't strike twelve and say, "Okay, the Cinderella story is over." No. When we get to heaven to be with Jesus, we will be with Him for all of eternity, forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Hallelujah. Our life will never end with the Lord. Why? Because He rose from the dead. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, our days would be numbered and we would be without hope and there'd be nothing to look forward to but the grave. Hallelujah. But Jesus conquered the grave and because He lives for all of eternity, you who believe on Him, who have called Him and come to Him and said, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Rise up in me. Give me a resurrected life. Jesus raises you up to new life in Him, which is an eternal life in Christ. You remember John and Martha and Lazarus? You remember that, I mean, Mary, Martha and Lazarus in the Gospel of John is what I meant. Jesus said to them, your brother Lazarus, he had died. You know, they were waiting for Jesus to come, but he died. And Jesus came and says, your brother shall live again. That's John chapter 11. And Jesus says, and they said, I, we know he's going to live in the last day. But Jesus says, listen, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Do you believe in Jesus? Then you will never die spiritually. Physically we will die, but in the instant, the moment this life is over, we will immediately be with the Lord to live with Him forever. It's a transformation, a blinking of an eye from, from death into life with Christ forevermore. So if you believe on Jesus Christ, you are guaranteed by God, if you love Him, if you call upon His name, if you're repentant of your sin and say, Jesus, come into my life, give me new life with you, you're born again. Your name is in the Lamb's book of life. And if you were to die today, you would be with Jesus for all of eternity. Do you believe that? Amen. Jesus said, Whoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. And he says, Believeth thou this? Do you believe me, Mary? Do you believe me, Martha? Do you believe me, disciples? Do you believe me, Bloomsburg Bible Church? Yes, we do. Amen. Hallelujah. And remember, Jesus went to the tomb of Lazarus, right? After he told them he's the, the resurrection and the life. He went to the tomb of Lazarus openly with a crowd around him. And he says to them, he says, where is he? And they showed him a cave with a stone rolled in front of it. Hallelujah. Jesus has no problems with stones rolled in front of graves, does he? There was a stone rolled in the front of the grave of Lazarus, and he says, roll that stone away. Roll it away. And they rolled the stone away. And Jesus said, he's going to bring him back to life. He said, how long has he been in there? And he said, oh, a couple days. He stinks, man. Oh, don't go in there, Jesus. He really stinks. Oh, it's going to be terrible. It's going to be bad. Jesus didn't care about that. He knows we stink. Without him in our lives, he knows we stink. But Jesus has come to give us beauty, to cleanse us, to give us an oil of, of the sweet savor, to make you a sweet savor unto God. No longer a stench. Without Christ, we're a stench in the nostrils of God. But when we come to Christ, we are a sweet savor to God. You're his son, you're his daughter, you're his child, and he loves you, and you smell sweet to God. Do you know that? 
You know that? Hallelujah. You're a good fragrance. So Jesus went and he cried out with a loud voice. And I could understand people were saying, oh, what's he going to do, man? He's crazy. How's he going to? But Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. And what happened? The power of God came upon Lazarus and the power of God resurrected Lazarus, who was dead, raised him to life and brought him. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And he came forth to new life with God. Amen? Praise the Lord. And so Jesus doesn't have a problem with stones being rolled in front of the grave. The stone couldn't hold Lazarus in the grave, and the stone surely couldn't hold Jesus in the grave, and the stone will not hold you in the grave. Death has no power over you. The curse of death has been broken. The power of death has been destroyed. And so the devil cannot roll a stone over your life and make you think that you cannot live forever. Jesus said, roll that stone away over your life. It could not hold Lazarus in the grave. It could not hold Jesus in the grave. And it surely will not hold. The grave will not hold you. Jesus says, come and rise up and have life with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus rolled away the stone from my tomb. I'm living. But one day when this body goes in, there's no stone going to be rolled over my, over my thing. Jesus is saying, come with me. The minute you die, the minute you leave this earthly body, the Bible says you're with Christ to live with him forevermore. No stone is in the way. There's, death has been destroyed and defeated because of Jesus Christ. And I want to end with this. Remember Adam and Eve? We saw that great movie in the beginning. Remember Adam and Eve, they were in the garden and they sinned. And then Jesus said, he drove, the Bible says in Genesis 3.24, he drove Adam and Eve out of the garden and he placed at the, at the east end of the garden the cherubim with flaming sword to guard the tree of life. He said, least they eat of that and live forever in their fallen state. And God loved them enough to guard that tree of life so they wouldn't remain fallen forever. Isn't that the love of God? God, they ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil and they had to go through a time of suffering. But the love of God, he told the cherubim, mighty cherubim, guard that tree of life. Don't let him near it. And a flaming sword, it says, which turned every which way to guard the tree of life so that they could not eat of it and remain in that fallen state. But God said, someday, someday I will redeem you and save you. Someday I'm going to make it so that you can come and eat of that tree and live with me forever. When Jesus went to Calvary, when he gave up his body and blood for your sin, to make peace with God, to make a way for you to be cleansed in all of our sin. And he rose from the dead on the third day and he ascended into heaven and he sprinkled his blood on the mercy seat of heaven. The risen Savior opened for you a way to have eternal life with him. And the Bible declares in the book of Revelation, it says in Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 to 7, talking to the church at Ephesus, he says, return to your first love. Return to me. He said, and overcome. Return to me and fight the good fight of faith. Return to me and believe. 
And he says, and I will give those who overcome the right to eat from the tree of life in the new Jerusalem, in the new heaven, and the new earth. And so that tree of life, it said, is healing for the nation. It's a tree that brings eternal life, that makes you understand there's a surety. Because Jesus was crucified, because he rose on the third day, he guarantees you the right to eat from the tree of life where you will live with him forever for all of eternity. That which Adam and Eve could never know, you can know. You can partake of the fruit of the tree of life. In Revelation 22, verse 14, Blessed are they that do His commandments, that they may have right to eat the tree of life and may enter in through the gates of the great city. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Because He lives, He gives you eternal life. And Jesus says, I've given you because I am risen. If you believe in me, if you obey my commandments, if you trust me and let me resurrect your life and quicken you with strength and power, with abundant grace and mercy and righteousness, then on that day when you leave this body, when you're with me, you will have the right to eat of the tree of life and never leave my presence again. The eating the tree of life means God declares to you with a certainty and an assurity that you will live for Him with forever. But it is the blood of Christ and the power of the resurrection as we believe His Word that guarantees us eternal life with Him if we return to our first love, if we obey His commandments, walk with Him in the abundance of grace and with the gift of righteousness that clothes us. He is a risen Savior and all oh, His promises Oh, his life is so wonderful and so good. Will you live in the risen Jesus? Will you live with him and walk with him? Will you talk with him? Will you look to the risen Savior to come into your life and resurrect all the things that need to be resurrected? That he will give you beauty for ashes? That he will give you the oil of gladness? Oh, hallelujah. Thank God that he lives. Thank God that He rose from the dead. Your life will never be the same because He lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That old song, because He lives, I can face tomorrow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand with me this morning.